Hi, I'm Kate Thomas, owner of North and Leisure. I help travelers and travel pros plan custom itineraries to Ireland, Scotland, and Atlantic Canada. And I'm Heather Christopher, owner of Heather Christopher Travel Consulting. I help time-starved couples and families plan seamless vacations. This is the true story of two travel professionals with over 20 years of experience that agreed to start a podcast. Find out what happens when we air the behind the scenes. This is Travel Pro Theory. Hey, I'm Kate. And it's Heather. And today we are talking about, I wish I knew what episode number this was. I was just going to say episode number. Um, But today we have a very important topic. We're going to talk about why no barrier to entry is hurting all of us. Dun, dun, dun. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think this is important for all of us to talk about. So let's just like start right off the bat. If you are brand new and you're thinking, oh, no. Don't worry about it. We're glad you're here. We hope you stay and we want you to understand why having no barrier to entry into the travel industry um, is is everyone's problem, whether you started 20 years ago or whether you started 20 minutes ago. Like this is is your problem and will be your problem going forward. You are inheriting this, whether or not you realize the implications of that (laughs) at this time. Um, So we just want to put that out there because we don't want anyone to be, we're not doing this to be offensive. We're just trying to like bring awareness to some of the, the bigger implications of this that's, that's rippling through the industry. Yep. And I mean, we're a good example of this Um, as we're all very well aware at this point that we both have over a decade of doing this and travel industry experience. Um, And we actually just recently spoke to somebody else that reconfirmed our thought process where when we came in back in the like mid 2000s, um, nobody else was our age or so few of us that were in that like early 20s, um, early 20s age group. And people just weren't coming in, in, I can't talk, into the industry, period. Yeah. And there's like this gap in then from like 2006, 2007, 8, because then 2009 happened, the, you know, the recession and all of that. And then it doesn't pick up again until like 2013. You know, there's yeah. this huge, huge gap. So we have now like essentially taken on this, this problem because people are retiring and we have this huge age gap within the industry. And, you know, one of the reasons we started Travel Pro Theory was because of this. We wa- literally watched this happen. We watched from being desperate for new blood to being 110% in over our heads and what's happened in, in all the new blood coming in. Yeah. And I also want to say, because Katie and I know there's at least, there's, you're definitely, somebody's going to be offended in this conversation that, um, you know, we've been in your shoes. People didn't want us. Um, and actually, I, Katie and I are different where we actually want you. But yeah, there are multiple occasions of events I went to when I was brand spanking new that it was very clear I was not welcome. And so please know that you have a seat at this table. We're just asking you, um, or we're going to educate you a little bit today on the things that we think should be done to make sure you have a seat at this table for a really long time. And that, you know, we're not we're not screwing ourselves, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, we're always trying to look bigger picture. And I think a lot of these conversations kind of don't happen um, 
because like we've talked about before, and that was another reason we even started Travel Pro Theories, because everyone is so independent now. Um, people are just signing up and you're sort of on your own island. That's the norm. That was not the norm when we started either. Like you, no one was just starting out the gate as an IC back when we, in mm-hmm. our early days, like that was definitely like an upper level track. Like you'd been, you'd been around, you had been around and like, or you weren't taken seriously. You were clearly yeah. just a side yeah, hustler who worked from home. Like it was, yep. which I, I realize we say that and we sound ancient because just working yeah. telecommuting as in general has come leaps and bounds since it was yeah. when we started, like that's, that's across the board in industry any industry, but specifically for travel, you were not the upper echelon. You were clearly not a productive person or a productive yeah. sales, you know, person if you were working working it from home. Yeah. But now that's changed. Now I see is the norm and you know, and like Heather was saying, we didn't have new people. We desperately needed it for a really long time. And then it was like the floodgates opened and there was Hosts were hungry to get new blood in, as all of us were. We were all, it was a very exciting time to when we started getting a lot more new people. And I, I know we've talked about this. I love having, you know, people in our age getting started and joining the industry. Um, because there wasn't as many of us back when we were starting. And now the issue is it's like, it's just so oversaturated. And when we say no barrier to entry, we mean there is no, there's very, very minute, financial obligation to get started and it's you can literally just sign up with a host and be up and going in no time for almost no money um we we joke all the time that you you literally have to spend more to try and sell um LuLaRoe leggings to other right. moms on the street, you know, just like crazy. Um, and yeah, it's like a $5,000 minimum yeah. or something. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, oh, God, those things are awful. Um, anyway, the, the, uh, and the other thing is too, there's just no barrier to entry in terms of training. There isn't required training mm-hmm. or testing or there's no, you know, we all know this, like there's no general consensus. You, yeah. You're all like, living it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it's, this is failing all of us. So I guess like, where, where should we even like start this conversation? I know. I was like, thinking that too. When you started, I was like, where, where should where we start? Should Maybe we start? try to start like at the top in the sense of, um, when, I don't know if we should go at it from an angle of like what we notice and how to, how to solve it. Mm, I think, yeah, I think we should, let's kind of start from. What, all right. What if we start from here? Because so if you are newer and you're listening and you're thinking like, listen, it's not my fault that I can pay $30 a month and be, you know, under a host and have an IATA and everything. And you're right. It's 100% not. That's, that's the state Agree. of the industry right now. But yeah. let's talk about why that is not serving you right now where you're at in your business. Because oh, we hear yeah. it. We hear it day in and day out. We know from Travel Pro Theory because we haven't even been around that long. Travel Pro Theory isn't even a year old. And people, we get questions every single day. And all the time, a lot of it is stuff when it's like, we really, like, we're happy to help. But like, did you ask your host? And so many times, Mm -hmm. or your agency owner, and it's like, well, they weren't responsive, or, you know, I can't ask them about this, and that kind of thing. So like, you're, there's, you're not getting the support and training you need. And to be fair, if you're at a low price point host, 
I mean, how much do you think that how much time can they invest in you for 30 bucks a month if you also don't have a lot of sales and they're not getting a lot on you commission wise? Right. Um, And it's also, again, it's like it's twofold. I think you have to understand that like we truly see both sides of this. What what can you expect at $30 a month? How much business training are you really going to get for $30 a month? And then if you're only selling a hundred thousand dollars a year and they're getting 30 or 40 percent or 20 percent of that like it it just doesn't add up that's probably just enough to pay all of the admin who sits behind the desk and yeah. you know is supposed to help you but on the flip of that it is an industry problem that we've created where a host there all these host agencies they're so money hungry greedy because at the end of the day great you're another person putting a few bucks in their pocket and you're probably not going to bug them yeah. And then yeah. what there's no required training. So sure they can set up a training program and we do know that there's a f- very very few hosts that exist that have decent training programs, but I still see holes in them. At the yeah. end of it it's still not replacing what occurred a decade ago. And I don't yeah. I don't know why somebody hasn't solved the problem and I don't I'm not saying Katie and I are here to solve that problem clearly, but it fascinates me that we all see kind of the same issue where it's not replacing what you learned sitting in an office, listening to somebody getting a true education. And because I think of all the ICs I know that are with with host agencies that do have great programs and still some of the questions and problems they have, I'm like, this would be solved if you had to spend yeah. a few weeks sitting beside somebody else. Yeah, you Go really ahead. can't Sorry. replace that. Well, no, that's I was yeah, just agreeing. You really can't replace that experience with a program because a program isn't going to have you listening as everyone sitting around you is selling, 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 selling. And I do think that there's actually that's another topic we'll kind of cover today. I think there's a lot of uh confusion as far as like for new people coming in like where to focus on and we get very caught up in okay am I doing the right branding am I picking the right niche and this and that and those things are important but at the end of the day your number one job is to sell and the best way to get better at selling is practice and I don't know about I'm sure it was the same for you you know when I was just starting and in the office I mean all the time I would just be on the phone and be like Okay. Yep. We could do that. Okay. Wait, hold on. I put it on hold, yell out to the office, like, Hey, should we, they're looking for this, this, and this, which hotel should I be recommending? And like, someone would answer back like, Oh yeah, you're going to want to do this place. And this is why, I mean, there's just no replacement for that type of interaction and listening in and practice. So I, I don't think that a program can replace that experience. Well, it's kind of funny because now that we're saying this out loud, we are a business and you and I have talked about this. So anybody who's listened long enough won't be shocked, but we're a business of people. It is our job to know the people, know the people. And yet we've tried to take this people element out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I And I'm going to, I'm going to say one host agency name that I know has, um, that require, I know Brownell requires anybody who gets into their program to come into their office for so many days. I have no idea. Like, I, I think that probably does set them up for a hair more success yeah. than others. And I know there are some other agencies that do require in-house. But I was critiqued on all of my consults for the first oh, month, yeah. if not longer. And then I, I actually can still remember being pulled into my boss's office. I don't know. And we were a small office. So when I say pull into our office, it wasn't like I was going up two floors up or anything. Um, I can't, I don't remember. I had been doing it for long enough 
And she was like, you keep st- you're starting to do this thing where you say, I don't, I don't remember what it was. I guess I was saying something really odd, not something unfactual, but it was just how I was handling conversations. Yeah. And she was like, it's really weird and you got to cut it out. And I just wasn't conscious of it. I don't yeah. even, I wish I could remember what I want to, I want to blame pregnancy. I'm like, I want to think I was pregnant with Caroline. So in my head, I'd like to blame that, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's true because you get immediate like real feedback like that, even when it was like not necessarily pleasant to hear. Because I remember feeling that all the time in my old job. Like you did some, you really had to have thick skin to survive. Yeah, it was because, constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used to give it, was- it to. We've talked about Pam on here before, and oh, um, she's a dear, dear coworker <laughs> of mine. Katie knows her and works with her, and. Um, Man, I mean, sometimes we'd have to be like, Pamela, what are you doing? <laughs> um, you know, because she'd have a client at her desk for like two plus hours. And we'd be like, oh God my gosh, her. we all want to eat lunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but again, and I know if you're listening to this and you're like, cool, thanks for like crying me a river that I have no mentorship. Oh, right, and that again, I don't get to work in an office. Like, yeah. we really, it's an, it, again, we're trying to point out a fact of like, here's some of the, the the reasons this why this no barrier to entry and why you yeah. going with the first host that you find may not yeah. be really great for you. I mean, we see that especially over at TPT, but All we saw that for before. It's one of the reasons again, TPT even became a thing uh, because we were getting, we were seeing this and getting this and this feedback of like, I joined it because, and I, I know that a lot of you are, are very Disney focused. So again, don't, you know, take it for what it is. Um, I'm just using this as an example, but especially in that side of things, the very fun and sun, all inclusive, um, Disney focused world, it is very hard for you guys to make the transition to, um, other types of travel or, and I don't even want to say higher price points because we all know a Disney trip could be $50,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the point is that seems to be the hardest niche to expand from and where the yeah. biggest host agency problems lie because they only know one thing and that's great. I actually have no harm. You know, I think that's great. But there seems to be a lot of restrictiveness in getting out of that. And then you don't know how to get out and grow from there because you decide, yeah. I don't want to just sell Disney. I've moved on to some, you know, whatever the circumstances are. But... Um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. That was great. Well, <laughs> but no, you're hundred percent right. Cause we were, um, I mean, that was my experience. So I did GTM, um, what's that last year? So 2018, I went as an exhibitor to a, like a seller to GTM meeting with advisors. And I, I was shocked at, I had like a really healthy number. I want to say it was like maybe 20%. 25% of my meetings were advisors who currently like sold Disney, um, were like Disney specialists, but they were there to be because they, they were trying to break into FIT. But in those conversations, you could tell that it was just like a hard transition. And the part of the reason they were even there was because they weren't getting that support from their host on what do I do when one of my mm-hmm. Disney clients suddenly wants to go to Europe, and then they don't get the support they need to, to you know, actually help that client in that next experience. And then that's when we're seeing people like, well, how do I get out of this? How do I transition? How do I learn? And so, yeah, I think when it comes to host, definitely don't just like jump into the first one you see. Make sure you are looking into a host agency that is 
ha- like have them give you some references. Reach out to yes. some people that are with that host because you want to make sure that you're in a crowd. Like you want to, we, we've said it before, put yourself in the room. If the host is the room, make sure you're in the room you want to be in with the people you want to be with. Like these, need, their advisors need to be having the type of business that you want to have and that they're in support of. Um, because one host is not going to be one size fits all for anybody. So no. it's also the case that you may outgrow your host. You know what I mean? You start with one that does take yeah, a higher commission. That's normal. Cut. Totally normal. Yeah. Like take the high, like give up more of your commission, get the training because they can provide that since they're like making more money from you. And then as your sales go up and you feel like you have a handle on things, it's okay to transition. But we've seen it way too much where it seems like people are just like, okay, well, I can just sign up with this one today as if it's like almost like who they're signing up with is secondary to just getting into the industry. I, yeah, yes. It's interesting too. What we see a lot of is like, you're, it's like almost like, what's sorry, I'm saying like a hundred times. Um, it's almost if they're so enamored with the fact that they can come into the industry that, oh my gosh, somebody will let me do this. This is insane. How amazing. Wonderful that you've forgotten how to research and what, what we just can't quite wrap our minds around. And I'm sure it's because we're, we've been doing it too long to wrap our minds around at this point, or we'd love some insight. And like the thought process here is this job is a ton of research, right? We spend our days waiting for answers, calling for answers, searching for answers, asking our colleagues, asking our, you know, personal contacts. That is literally our job. But everybody seems to have forgotten how to research and they're literally starting a new career. And we'll find out, hey, we hear it a lot. I had no idea how to get started in the industry. So Katie and I spent some time in research for this podcast, Googling various, you know, um, various different ways of being like how to become a travel agent, how to be a travel agent, how to start. And we found plenty of solid resources. The Travel Institute is like the third and they have a great, they do, they even do free webinars. Um, There was several other examples that I'm like, I can't believe anybody who says, I couldn't find anything. That tells me you never looked, which is scary. You're starting a new job, which, okay. And I have never thought of my job until this year. It has been brought to my attention in multiple ways that suddenly we've become the MLM of the world. Like there are circumstances where we could be very comparative to that. And that literally breaks my heart. I've also said literally now 10 times. So forgive me. Um, (laughs) have to come up with a different word. Um, but but how can we not when nobody's doing any research? They're not going and looking. They're going with the first thing they see. So you know, let's compare it to something like Mary Kay, Beauty Counter, whatever. So your friend sells it. You're like, I think I could sell that. Yeah. Next thing you know. And you know what's funny? It costs about the same to sign up for one of them than it does to, to become, to be responsible yeah. for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of travel. Yeah. And, and I, wow. It's crazy too. I know. It is crazy too because I do want to, if you're, if you are new and you're listening and you're like, whoops, I definitely did sign up with the first person I saw. I want to take a little bit of pressure off of you and say that I do think there's a little bit of, ugh, almost predatory like marketing. I feel, um, coming from some host and some, some, For sure. some things that are just straight up MLMs, uh, you know, with travel and just being like, hey, do you like to, you know, travel and plan vacations, you can have a whole business. You want business. that laptop like lifestyle? Yeah. They're just promising the world 
but they're not actually giving you any training and tools and how, how to do it. And planning your own, I'm sure as everyone who's listening has learned, planning your own vacation is drastically different than planning for a client. Um, and, and they're, if they're not teaching you, they're, they're just, well, and we should say too that we think there's, there, like we see training out there. I think most programs have training, but there's no follow up. There's no, did mm-hmm. you actually get that information and what are you doing with it? So that's great. You went through all those supplier trainings. Maybe they have a basic course um, that they're training you on or you can pay to do, but where's the follow-up? Where's somebody tracking behind you to make sure, you know, learning how to sell and close a sale and understanding how to manage expectations, that is an yeah. art and not, mm-hmm. we've said this before, not everybody's fit for it, but also it can take a lot of time to learn and so oh, if nobody's following up and, and checking and listening to your conversations or being blind copied in on an email to see what you're saying and then critiquing you and saying, I mean, Katie and I still critique each other. Mm-hmm. Just this morning, yeah, we had a conversation and I said, maybe you should say this to try to mm-hmm. get an action. And she edits my emails all the time when I'm like, I need this. What do you think I should say? Yeah. We still do that for each other. Yeah, we still do all the time. And and everyone needs that. Honestly, everyone needs that. And you have to be open to it too. I mean, I like we said, we're used to it because (laughs) having Heather critique my work is like nothing compared to yeah i guess if you haven't found like your yeah i was like it is if you haven't found somebody to connect with i really encourage you to not be a weirdo but like don't be overbearing but like whether it's on instagram or facebook but just try to like engage with somebody and slowly might maybe you see them post something on instagram that's you sell similar of and you reach out and you're like, oh, I was wondering about that place. Have you had, you know, have your clients really enjoyed it? It just starts slowly the conversation and then please read yeah. the room, gauge, gauge it a little yeah. bit. Okay. Don't be a yeah, weirdo. Don't be over, don't and be don't ask for a bunch. Like you want to set, yeah. I, I mean, I just can't, you can't go into a friendship like that, right? You don't want to just ask, right. ask, ask, but, or offer, like, well, let me know. I know a lot about X, Y, Z, if I can never be of assistance, if you don't have somebody, you know, or ask your host. As that agency yeah. your work you're affiliated with or you're even go to consortia level. I know Signature has, um, they will try to set you up with a mentor. I'm semi-familiar with that. And ask and be like, I'm really looking for somebody who could like sit on on my calls or critique my emails or coach me through. I don't know how to do an FIT and I'd really like to move into that business. I just like to follow along somebody, somebody doing that. Y- you know, yeah. go and Go and ask for that assistance, but be willing to, I, I say that with a sense of like, you, it can't be a hundred percent, you know, receiving thing. You're going to have, whether you yeah. offer to do something or, I mean, and I say that, I'm like, I don't really know what that is, but I, you know, just be respectful. Yeah. Be um, respectful. Treat, treat social media interactions just as you would in real life. You would not walk into a room with someone you've never met and be like, how could you help me? <laughs> like, yeah. Could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, Kinda have a conversation. Me, admittedly. <laughs> yeah. It's the biggest pet peeve. Please say hi, Heather. How you don't even just have to ask hello. me how I am. Just greet me like just I'm a human hello. being. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I you know, I think that's I think you have to seek it out. Instead of sitting back and being like, you know, we're, Katie and I are clearly frustrated with what's happened in the industry, but don't sit back 
and just be like, well, the industry didn't set myself up. That's basically what you're saying. No, we're telling you to go ask for what you need. And if you don't even, you know, maybe you don't even realize you need it, but at the same time, you're not having success in growing your sales. You're struggling to get clients. You're struggling to close sales. You feel like you're quoting all day long. Then you do need somebody to sit there and say, all right. And then guess what? You're going to have to listen, try it. If it fails, try something else. Don't be afraid to fail and keep trying. Um, especially when you're new. Um, so yeah. the other thing, one of the other you know points in this why no barrier to entry in the travel industry is hurting us all is, as you may or not, maybe you've had an interaction similar to this with a client, but I have had plenty of interactions over the years where somebody's like, well, I've tried a travel agent before and it was a terrible experience or I had a really good yeah. story the other week where the travel agent booked their tickets for like three or two, two or three days prior to the start of a tour and then oh, they arrived God. and they had no hotel. Um, oh, and of course, part of me, my heart goes out to the, you know, the agent because I'm like, mm, that was probably a silly, like a silly mistake. But the fact that she never caught it when documents came, that's scary. Yeah. yeah. What was her game plan? What was going on there? But of course, that leads to a bad experience, and that hurts us negatively. That hurts every single one of us negatively. We're already in a role where we have to fight and defend ourselves constantly. All the time. Everyone listening, just like, because I'm mentally picturing literally everyone listening, raising their hand right now, like, raise your hand if someone has said, oh, do people still use travel agents? Is that still a job? Awareness is a huge part of our industry, and- we're out there, you know, we're fighting for our lives out there to keep to keep our role very clear. Because there are a lot of travelers who are just like, they don't understand why they would use an advisor versus booking online. And if they have a bad experience with a travel advisor, and I will take it a step further, if they have a bad experience with a travel advisor who also charged them a fee up front, um, that's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. And that that's hurting our industry overall because we also know how quickly bad news travels more so than mm-hmm. good news they're definitely telling their friends like oh no i would never i used a travel advisor and i would never do it again so not to put pressure on like every interaction you have but like you but when people come into the industry and you aren't getting that training and you don't have that support and you and you truly don't know what you're doing yet and then if travelers are having really a bad experience because of that that is impacting all of us. And that's a problem that you're taking with you. You know what I mean? Like, because one, one of these days you will learn, you will learn, you'll learn how to sell and your, your business will grow or you, or you'll leave the industry. But the ones of you are sta- mm-hmm. who are going to stay in 10 years and you're, and you're still having to explain why our job is a job, you're going to feel pretty passionately about this as well. Um, that's, that's such a good point because here we are. Yeah, 10, 12 and 13 years later, Uh and it's still a topic. And we're like, cool, our industry has done us no favors. Nobody was looking out for us. And, you know, a lot of times in the background, um, Katie and I, Katie knows, knows my heart on this for like lack of a better, a better word. But I don't know why this is what I feel like is my cross to bear. I don't know why that I'm so beyond passionate about this industry. I've tried to analyze that a few times. Um, but it, it just, be, I guess because I feel like nobody was looking out for me other than my yeah. boss, who obviously had a vested interest in me because she yeah. needed to make money. Nobody yeah. cared what happened yeah. to me 
in five or six or seven or eight. They could have cared less. They actually they encouraged me to leave. Yeah. It wasn't until yeah. people like suddenly, I'd say three years in is when suddenly the flip switched and they're like, oh, we have nobody coming in. Oh yeah. my gosh, Heather Christopher is the only 22-year-old we know. And I had a lot of opportunities to to work on projects and speak on things because I was literally maybe one of 10 that were, mm-hmm. that were out in the open. Um, and I, you know, so I don't, I don't know, but it, I guess, you know, what Katie and I are also trying to convey is like, we're not trying to be kill y'all with it, but this will be your problem because if you don't care now, how are you going to say you care in in 15 years when you're still fighting the same fight we've been fighting already for 15 years and we want to see a collective change. Um, somebody said to me recently regarding this topic, the no barrier to entry. You know, we have to be careful if like because let's let's also say we probably should have said this in the beginning. Katie and I don't necessarily have an answer for yeah. this. That's that's the reality. We have ideas, but we don't have a perfect answer at this point on how to solve this problem. We think it could go. I mean, one of the ways it could be Two solved ways. or started yeah. is just that like the host agencies could take some responsibility. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the that's why we want to bring awareness to it. We think that they should have a greater responsibility. We also think that as you're coming in and you're starting and you're searching and you're doing this research that you should be forced to put some more skin in the game. An investment of money is going to make you more determined to be better at your job, to want to get yeah. money out of it back or you know, make your money back. Um but because there's so little investment, I- I'm just going to speak bluntly that our industry as a whole is very cheap. We're used to yes. getting things free or very low price, you know, quarter of the cost of the regular consumer when we're traveling. And it and um yeah. it just means that we're not willing to invest in our own education. We want to sell Hawaii, but we're not willing to spend ten thousand dollars to go. Yeah. But we want yeah. that twenty thousand dollar Hawaii client, <laughs> of course. Duh. Yeah, this part. This part of our industry has always been so fascinating to me because on the suppliers, the suppliers' experience is very different. <laughs> it is a lot of spending of money, and it's expected that we spend money, um, and so that's a normal thing. But it, I do find it really fascinating, and we have seen this a lot on um, TPT, where it's like, oh, I, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not saying like go drive yourself broke and put a bunch of shit on credit Amen. cards or whatever. Yes. But like, you know, be willing, you do need to be willing to invest. Like if you, if you need help learning the business side of things, get yourself some business training. And I recommend going outside of our industry for that. Actually, mm-hmm. I like a mix of things. Um, and then, or if you really are struggling to sell and close trips, get yourself the help you need to do those things. I I have said before, and I do strongly believe that like travel dollar for dollar travel is your best investment. But when it comes to stuff on the ground, as far as like investing in education, I do find, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems to me a lot of new people are getting really caught up in like, okay, I want to learn, I'm doing this webinar or whatever to learn about the destination. And don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong, that's great. But like, to me, that hour is much better spent yeah, having someone crit- like doing some role playing with somebody on a sa- off to do some sales calls, um, having someone listen in and getting a critique done on your sales call, because at the end of the day, selling is what makes you money. You don't have to know every destination perfectly. That's why my no. job exists. Um, Amen. So 
and and also you'll n- not to be fatalistic about that either. But like, unless you're what specializing, word, what word did you just use? Fatalistic. Okay. Is that is that a is that a word? I don't know, but I just wanted to make sure yeah. I was like fatalistic. Well, that just sound. Yeah, I don't want to sound like <laughs> like it's a total sunk hour or whatever. If you do a destination destination webinar, but at the same time, like if you're not trying to sell specifically that destination all the time like how much of that are you really retaining how much of that is really going to be available and in your brain in six months well, you know because it's not going to spend your time right yeah. so I, the, the reality is until that client comes along i'm probably not going to think about it um and you know okay for example i don't promote a ton of I don't, I'm not, I don't know if I'm a great example because I don't do a ton of promotion on my social media in general. Like I'll put up mm. pictures of places, but that I'm also not the best at that. But it doesn't, okay, my point here though is that it doesn't stop people from coming and asking me for places I don't, that I don't really yeah. have as much knowledge in. Yeah. Yeah. And true. It, it doesn't stop them. They still, I've, I feel like I've said this before. And I know I'm different than you, Katie, because my niche is in the type of client where your niece is destination-based. So you want people to think, I want to go to Ireland. Oh my gosh, I know Katie. That's you want their first thought to be. Whereas for me, I just want them to think, oh, you're going on vacation? Oh my gosh, you better call Heather. Or email Heather, really. Um, (laughs) But, you know, so... It just to me the the like destination itself and when a newer advisor is coming in unless they're so niche focused already and I think I know everybody tells you niche down niche down niche down and I agree to an extent a very hard like I don't necessarily think you going all balls all in with Italy is your best plan of action. I think you got to feel it out unless you have history with Italy unless you're from Italy and there's like this really specific reason reason you're going that direction. Yeah. Like Katie, you're a good example. I know, obviously, I know you're not an advisor, but you're a good example. That's where you got your start. You fell in love. You're passionate about it. It made no other sense for you to continue on in that. You love no, it. You al- eat, sleep, and, and breathe it. And also, to me, destination being very niche in terms of like a destination really only makes sense on the operator side. To, I'll be totally honest. I mean, and I'm not saying it can't work. It can. I just think it will take time because I know that going in, like if uh, if a traveler was to work with me directly, how many times are they going to Ireland? Probably once mm-hmm. as a one-time sale uh, versus when I work with advisors and I, you know, I'm getting repeat clients that way. So just think of that as an advisor perspective because you're working directly with consumers all the time. So yeah, if you're just like, okay, I love spaghetti, <laughs> Italy it is. And then you try to go all in. Well, that's great. You you nail down that perfect dreamy client and then the next year they're off to go somewhere else. So um yeah. It's a different it's marketing. A build. Yeah. It's a different it is. Build. It's yeah. different. And when you're first starting, you're just trying to get your feet wet and understand it. And I mean, y'all know now there's so much to the industry learned. There's, um, what, what's the word? What's like the three letter, what do you call a three letter word? Acronym? Uh, acronyms. Yeah. Thank you. There's acronyms <laughs> to learn. You, you're learning, you're trying to understand how everything connects. There's just, yeah. there's so much, there's so many bigger fish to fry than, than that in particular, I think. And, um, sh- you made me think of something I was going to say. Um, Cool, Heather. Cool. So, so glad your brain is working <laughs> really well today. Yeah, it's not that. I, I would say, I, 
Oh, go ahead. No, you're. I will. I'll see what you're going to say, and then I was. Well, I was going to move on to something else. So keep going. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I, I think that now. I mean, okay. So hopefully now, if you're listening and you're newer, you've made it this far. You understand like why no buried entry is is not serving you currently, and also won't serve you in the future. And I I want us to now kind of talk a little bit bigger picture and what it's doing to our industry, especially oh, yes. for the advisor supplier relationship and how all of that works. Um, So I will say this, I have noticed a drastic difference, like night and day difference in the last, you know, since I started. Um, 10 years ago, and Heather, we've talked about this a ton, the background, I mean, a lot has changed just in terms of client expectations, for sure. They are definitely more expecting more than they were 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But Back when I started my, at my old job, um, I was working with all travel advisors then too, and it was so different than today because today there are so many um, new people in the industry. And don't get me wrong, like I, I actually really like working with newer advisors because there's a lot of like room there to to build a relationship that works going forward. But it is. It has gotten so time consuming. My, mm-hmm. the, the amount of back and forth on emails and calls for me now compared to 10 years ago is dramatic. And it already takes a lot of time, especially when you're working with a supplier who does FITs, which is already a time consuming business model. And then you're adding in a layer of, okay, now I'm working with an advisor who's come to me who has not yet learned how to vet their client, has not yet learned how to close a sale. Um, doesn't know anything about the destination. And like, I'm just like constantly coaching along the way. And then also still losing a lot of business that should have closed, like that I feel confident mm. I delivered on a trip that the client would love and that the advisor either had not actually vetted them properly. So it wasn't matching or just straight up couldn't close the sale. And when that happens, as we've covered before, when suppliers work with advisors, there's no charge involved. We don't, we're not taking a fee. So if you think of all the hours that a supplier invests in advisor proposals that don't close, then that leads to the problems that we've been seeing here lately where all of a sudden people can mm. keep their doors open. Yeah. They have a high and, demand because all of us are busy. We've been mm-hmm. very, very busy. Travel's in a really good spot in that sense. And then they think they need people because they can't turn the quotes out as fast as you guys want them because you think you need something in 48 hours because you've told your client that that's what's going to happen. And now they're paying staff $13 an hour, whatever it is, or less or more, and there's no money coming in. And there's no money coming in. I mean, I oh, I meant to look it up actually for this, but I know I don't have the exact number, but I could tell you like for me personally, in May of this year, in in proposals I sent out to specifically to a travel advisors, I sent out, oh, it was over six figures. So it was like over $100,000 worth of business in the month of May alone that did not close. It kept me so busy that month that Mm -hmm. I was struggling, struggling so hard because I had so much new stuff coming in and that much of it didn't close. That is a pretty tough blow. I mean, just think of what I can do with all of those hours back, you know what I mean? Or if all of that closed, like that's a great month for me. That'd be a good, good profit margin on, you know, to add into my May sales. And I, I think that this part is, 
I don't think I just think that it's not talked about because most absolutely people are not the conversations that you and I are having. You know what I mean? Well, they don't have that relationship with any other suppliers. They, yeah, I think, did talk. we say this earlier already? Maybe we did, but I know we've said this on other podcasts. Your relationship with your suppliers, you should aim for it to be very similar to how you want your clients to treat you. You want to be 100%. treated well. You want to be respected. You want to be trusted, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. Your supplier, you should be trying to maintain. And guys, I actually understand it's not always possible, but neither it is on the client side either, right? It's it's never going to be a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. Um, but in cases where it is, like you, you should, you, you gotta really respect it because you want them, especially when you enjoy working with someone. Even if you only give them one or two trips a year, because that's all that whatever that particular niche is that you can, yeah. or maybe you only get requests for Ireland twice a year, whatever it is, um, you still want it to be such a good working relationship that when that request comes in, you're so excited that you get to go back and work with Katie or you know whoever it is. And yeah. um, you know, you, none of all of us have been extremely sad to hear all the people going under, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's just like. It makes sense though at the larger scale. Like every time Katie and I read it, we're like, yeah, they've been busy yeah. and then nobody's booking because, and we've asked other suppliers about this um, so that Katie's opinion wasn't the only example we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we know it's happening that unfortunately yes. everybody's also seeing this trend in the newer, in the newer advisor. So what we encourage you, like what we want you to take from this is if you're struggling to close sales, that is your focus. Yeah. You need to learn how to sell. That you need to learn one. how to close. And actually, I don't know if we've talked about this in here before, but I've said this on my personal Instagram. I hate self-help books and business books, hate them with such a high passion. But I read one that I thought I would actually really dislike, and it was a very quick and easy read, and um, highly encourage you to read it if you are struggling with the consulting role that we have or the sales role we have. It's called Get Naked. Can't remember who it's by. It's got a blue cover. It's by a guy. Um, actually, you know what? We'll play a little fun game. Whoever hears this and DMs me first, I'll mail you my copy. Um, I know, right? Unless you want it, Katie. They don't mail it to you and you have to mail it. (laughs) I was like, actually, we're going to play chain. Everybody's going to mail this. Yeah, yeah, we'll start a little Um, book chain here. (laughs) I'll start a little book chain. I will give credit to Lindsay Epperly, who has been trying to get me to read several books for a while. And again, I just dislike them, but I did. I picked this one. Um, based on her and somebody else's recommendation that I, you know, had respect and for, and I was like, okay, I'll read it. And it, it is obviously not specific to travel, but it was a really good example of how to be, how you f- can build confidence in yourself. Well, not even as much build confidence, but what you should be doing in your role. And I yeah. think if everybody approached it like this, even on your day one, even on first client, that I really think it would change how you sell and how you'd close. I really genuinely believe that that the what yeah. they present in this book is basically be vulnerable be honest and be truthful you don't have to know everything um you don't and you can't you know we That's, we just had that th- fabulous q a last week and we got to talk about that a lot because somebody asked yeah. what if i'm not an expert on a destination and we were like you don't have to be you shouldn't yeah. expect to be that's what katie's there for well and you can't possibly like just to give you perspective I have, yeah, I have been booking Ireland full time for over a decade now. I still don't know everything there is to know. I am constantly learning. Earlier today, because of a request that came in, I was researching about the DeLorean plant in Belfast. 
first time it came up. Is that a car? Now, I, yeah, that's the Back to the Future car. That's the okay. Uh, that's what I was like. Is that how I know it? The flux flux capacitor. Yeah. Um, Look at so, you with your knowledge dropping. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like you're constantly learning. You're. It's never, never ending. So I I find it. Um, uh, I, it always makes me laugh a, a little bit when I hear someone like brand new on the advisor side. It's like, yeah, I really want to get to know whatever destination as well, you know, as as I can. And like, and you and you should. That's a good goal to have. But like, you have so many things on your plate, you can't. I do Ireland all the time, and I still am like, it's every day, every day. I'm adding to that knowledge. You know what I mean? So also, don't feel as if it's like a must like you 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 literally cannot be the expert in every single thing in every single place it's not possible yeah, um, and how boring oh god I, I mean <laughs> as much as i know that i'm a know-it-all i still i would be the first to say that i learn something new every single day if not you know 50 times a day um yeah. <laughs> and actually we this is something i think is good if if we're going down this rabbit hole of like I'm new and I'm clearly not an expert on basically anything other than the, you know, four times I've personally been to Disney or whatever the case is. You're, how you can frame this to your potential client or your client is, you know what? I plan vacations day in and day out, whether it's day one or day 50,000. I plan vacations day in and day out. I am connected to people who plan vacations day in and day out. We are experts in planning vacations. I may not be an expert in Ireland, but I'm connected to somebody who plans vacations to Ireland every single day. It is a business of people. And I know that's not new news. We've said that on here. They're saying it everywhere else. It's clearly not an epiphany. Uh, <laughs> but use it. Yeah, leverage that. You know, yeah. um, use that in your spiel that that's what you do for a living is you actually plan vacations for a living. So the um, person who is on an influencer on Instagram and plans her family's vacations two or three times a year and is writing a blog post about their trip is not an expert. She yeah. has planned three vacations or her family's vacations and that's it. She's not planned other people's. She is only using Google and not other resources. I, I'm not knocking Google. I clearly use Google every day. Um, but that's, you know, pose yourself as the expert in the logistics and the planning of vacations for all kinds of people. Because that's genuinely what you're doing. You're the connector of people, and and that's and that's it. Um, you made me think of something. Oh, I kind of wanted to pop back to our conversation about suppliers and advisors yeah. because yeah, yeah. something we forgot to put in there, but we put in our notes is we get asked a lot for like, and, and I see it in the Amicos Facebook group, um, but the moderate level suppliers. Yeah. There's not a lot of them, guys, because the there's they're not enough profit. There's not yeah, the mar the margins aren't there. The margins aren't there. I can say that because I I do tons of moderate trips. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like I I'll do the uh, mid level, and then I'll also do ultra luxury. And I think a lot of the um, suppliers who are kind of you know, and I and I'm speaking about suppliers that are doing more customized, personalized experiences and trips overall, because the time spend is already high on that. And when you're doing a lower cost trip, I mean, are we make money the same way you do? It's based on the total cost, and that's why most of them are only going to focus on luxury. They're only going to do it if there's a private driver guide. And the reason you're 
it's feeling like finding a moderate supplier is like finding a unicorn is because, again, go back to my example from May. If if I have six months in a row like that, I mean, that would, whew, be that devastating. would take. It would be completely devastating. And the time spent, and it is, it, this is not just my experience. I did talk to a lot of other operators about this. Um, like, especially when I was on my conferences. And to be, I'll be honest, I'll just tell you what they're talking about behind the scenes. It's exactly this. It's that we're getting stuff that's no longer vetted. Or all of a sudden, we're basically being asked to to do the the role of the advisor when traditionally the way this has worked is it's the advisor's role to um, bring in, they're bringing in a lead from the, you know, they're bringing the client, they're managing the client, and they're closing the sale. It is the supplier's role to take that information and create a trip that is easy to sell and to manage that destination and to handle things for them on the ground. And suddenly, instead of getting stuff that's been vetted, and instead of working with advisors that are trained and, you know, proficient in closing a sale, we that's falling on suppliers. I see it more and more and more and more. And yes. it's not just myself. This is being felt all over the industry. And that's why what you're not hearing behind the scenes is when operators are like, yeah, we don't even they, they don't they legitimately don't like working with travel advisors anymore. They, they're really more focused on their direct consumer business because why wouldn't they if they already have to do the behind the scenes work and they're having to do the work to close the sale i mean you could it's easier for them to vet the client themselves if it's not going to be coming vetted from the advisor and then we're paying out commission when that could all be profit margin right right it's it's yeah it's it's closing it out scary yeah. Yeah. I do think I, I think that this could be fixed though. I honestly I think that if we can if our industry shifts where it goes back to where you know 9 out of 10 of the advisors any operator works with on any given day is experienced and trained and you know has the resources they need whether it's their first year or their 10th year has the resources that they need to mm-hmm. vet the client and close the sale with the client. If we go back to that, I think you're actually all like this desire everyone has for more moderate mid-range suppliers. You're going to see that crack wide open because there will be people there to fill in that gap as soon as it makes sense from a business perspective. I, that would be awesome. And I yeah. think, you know, on your end, what, I mean, by by you, not you, Katie, the listeners, <laughs> um, <laughs> What they can do is do your research in your host agencies before, whether you're jumping ship to another or you're getting ready to to come and you're trying to figure that out or somebody comes to you and asks that question because yours may not be a great fit for them. That's, you know, that's the reality. But things like Katie said earlier, go and ask for, you know, their top 20 advisors, look at their Instagrams, look at their websites. Is it matching up to what you want to be into? Talk to them about the education. Talk to them about their follow-up. Will they connect with you? And then go ask the advisors if that actually happens, if yes. they're invested in them. Ask, and then ask somebody who's been with them six months, ask somebody who's been with them one year. Most advisors are willing to share about their host on a personal level, if especially if they've had a great experience. I know a couple of people I can think of that like they love their host and they're always willing to talk about it. And yeah. um, 
you know, so if you admire an advisor, if you're seeing it on Instagram or something, ask them who they're with. Ask them those questions. Be like, well, were they supportive in this way? What kind of education do they give you? What kind of opportunities, you know, are you being offered? And I, if you put a ton of weight and well, how many fams am I getting? Guys, let's be like, that is not what this is about. You, yeah, uh, that's not a, like, then you're not in it to win it really for the long run. And, you know, I would hope that you'd see yourself out if that was, if you're like, well, I just wanted in it for as many fams as I can get. Um, you can oh. go in as many fams as you want, put up your money. Uh, yeah. you know, it's still probably be less than a consumer. So be willing to invest in yourself in that sense. And, and like Katie said earlier, go and invest in some outside education, whether that's, gosh, what's James Wedmore, Business on Demand. That's probably an extreme example. <laughs> there's much well, there's, less expensive there's examples. Tons. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, there's literally tons of programs and there's tons of there's tons of free resources out there, you guys. Like people are well, like, trying yes. to get you on their email list. But here's my thing on this too, because I actually, I find this an interesting dynamic um, right now where, like I get it, if you're thinking like, well, I just started because, you know, I want to do this, but I don't have a ton of money saved up for, you know, to invest or whatever. Um, and I hear you, but I think if that's the case, also maybe starting out independently isn't the proper track for you. Because I I get that it's, you know, it's few and far between right now for people to have the experience that you and I had coming up, you know, working in an mm-hmm. office. It's just not as common. But there's a ton of travel advisors who desperately need like an assistant. I've tried to hire people and it's like then I they learn that they're not gonna work. It's not like travel's not really for them. So I you know how much I would love it to have someone come up under me that acts genuinely wants to learn the industry and stay and travel. There's opportunities out there to work for someone. Will it be the most high paying gig? Probably not, but you're getting paid to learn versus I know it seems like a faster track because you can sign up and you can have your own brand and everything else. But if you're not closing enough clients and then you're, you're going to have to, instead of having someone teaching you, you're going to, you are going to have to go out there and invest, whether that's a ton of time or a money or both in learning how to do this versus starting underneath someone at maybe a lower position than what you wanted, like being more of an assistant or an apprentice to begin. And then you can learn, you can get. Hey guys, we're back. Sorry, we had a little tech problem, internet issue. So we are going to be splicing these two episodes together. And I'll be honest, that doesn't always work perfectly. So we're just like telling you right now that that's what's happening. Um, but we did want to just kind of wrap up this talk on why not having a barrier to entry is impacting us overall as an industry. So we've sort of covered how that is impacting anyone who is new coming in and how it's kind of being a disservice to you. We talked about, um, you know, the bigger impact it's having on suppliers, why you're not finding more moderately priced suppliers or they're doing more moderately priced trips, I should say, and why mm-hmm. some suppliers are just straight up going under. And um, also ways to uh, to start taking action in um, getting training yourself, whether that's just being aware of the fact that you're either going to have to invest time and money into your own training or another avenue to consider would be perhaps working under someone for a while so that you could get paid and learn at the same time. So, yep. yeah. Any, what, are, what are our You know, I think it's just being... Res- Our final thoughts are be responsible for your education and your advancement. And this 
industry is kind of funny and I can't speak to other industries, of course, because it's all I've ever done. But, um, you know, you have to, you're going to have to make your own path in the, in this one. It's not a very, yeah. it's not clear cut. You can't expect it to be handed to you. You're going to have to put some skin in the game and, you know, take the time to, to figure it out on your own. Um, not every host agency is a perfect fit for every single person and do your due diligence, do some research and reading and asking questions. Take the time to do that so that you can be more successful and you're not as frustrated when things aren't getting off the ground as quickly as you had hoped. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, um, you know, we kind of touched on this, I know earlier in the episode that there's a lot of marketing out there that, that makes it sound like joining and selling travel is super easy. You know, there's marketing that's like, do you like vacations? Guess what? <laughs> you can plan vacations um, and make a ton of money. And get paid. And, re- yeah. and get paid. And and the reality is like, this actually is not a high paying industry. If you look up the average numbers, um, it's not a drastically high paying industry. I don't think it's a um, quick path to cash kind of industry either um it is uh it's it's a you hear say it all the time it's a long game you're you're gonna have to like put some time in so i think if you kind of go in whether whether you signed up into um a host agency realizing that that was the case or not if you're here now yeah it is time to just take responsibility for your education and training and then that way you know, we can kind of improve the industry overall. And then hopefully in the long term, um, we can all work together and figure out yeah. a solution so that there is a barrier to entry. I personally would love to see some type of test um, or certification, like one standard certification uh, right. required. And I would also love, love, love to see, because this is really common. We've talked about this in the background. This is super common in other industries. Like my my husband's um, an architect and my mom's a nurse. Both of those professions require uh, continuing education each year. You have to get so many hours um, within education each year. I think that would be a great addition to our to our industry um i absolutely agree and we've and we've talked about this too with like in terms art you i can't talk anymore architects <laughs> are good i never can talk um a good example because they even have to put so many hours in before they're allowed to sit for their test oh yeah and i think years. that's i was like i think yeah. that's a great barrier to entry you purposely yeah. have to do that and and it's always the the long we're, you know, Katie and I are very, very hyper aware of how small yet spread out and disconnected this industry is. It's connected in the sense that, like, yes, we have this these consortias, but nobody's got this long term plan. Like, Asta is not sitting here forcing. Ev- not everybody has to join Asta. Asta. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> too much coffee today. Uh-huh. I really like that one. <laughs> well, I'm laughing too because I hope somebody from Asta hears this. I just need to email my friend Kelly over there. I have been trying to pay my yearly Asta membership for a month now, and there's like a glitch in their cart sister their their oh, shopping system so i can't pay i think i was telling you well, this the other week one, I'm like, guys yeah make it easy <laughs> make it easy <laughs> i've tried to give you money to help yeah. us and you and i can't um and i i obviously haven't done i haven't emailed anybody actually i do think i emailed somebody clearly i haven't heard back money. shocker there uh, uh so there's unfortunately nobody in charge of this and um i can't remember if we said this earlier in our recording the other day but i i've heard the saying of like 
you know, we don't necessarily want the government involved because once they get involved, obviously that changes the tune. And I don't disagree, but some things got to give. And I hope that as you guys are in this industry longer and you're seeing these things, that you understand why uh, we sit on this platform and we are are saying these things because you'll start to see it too as you see new people come in and they'll say the same things that you've heard and struggled with and you'll be like, wait a second, why are we still talking about this? Why are we still talking about it? exactly? And I and I like I'm I'm hoping you know, that was one of our big goals with Travel Pro Theories just to open up the conversation because you know we didn't start talking about this until we were talking to each other so much and it was it was seeing the perspective of a different part of the industry. Um, so open up that conversation, talk to your hosts, talk to suppliers, and start seeing the effects of of what's going on. Get some other opinions and. Um, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I, I think I would say, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Nope, nope, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, if you're kind of wondering where to begin, because this is probably sounding overwhelming, if you are um, new right now, right. and you're like, oh, I have 8000 things to learn, like, great. Now it's like another 100 things on my plate. I would say first, uh, and jump in if you think I'm kind of wrong in the priority order. I would say first, make sure that where you're at is a good fit and meeting your needs, whether that's your host or if you're under, you know, under an agency. Is it meeting your needs? Is it going to fit with, you know, the plans for your business for the next year or two years? Are, are you getting the training you need? And if you're not, right. if you're genuinely not, then it's time to like look elsewhere. Cause as soon as you find a better fit, that side of it's going to get a little easier for you. Um, I think from there, the next thing I would focus on is skills around clients, selling, closing, client management and expectations. I th- that ultimately that's where you're going to make profit and that's going to help you last in the long term and get you ca- get some cash flow moving in um bef- before even you focus too hard on like destination expertise. Agree. Um, wholeheartedly agree. So it's going to grow over time. You know actually in my um my business group, I think I said this to you before, um the way they broke it down was like just so crystal clear to me. And it was uh, Amber McHugh. I'm in freshly implemented, so credit to her. I, it was just this one thing. It was kind of talking about systems and not in a you know software level, like systems in terms of the thing you do over and over and over again, the things you repeat, and where to focus. Number okay. one thing to focus on is money. What can you do that's making money? Do it and repeat it. Because until you have sales, all this other stuff you're focusing on is honestly just not important. Well, two, that's, I think that's where... Sorry, I'll let you go. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The two is uh, the next stage of that is like... Um, I forget what it's called, but it's just basically like when you're busy. Okay, now you're making money and you're busy. How do you how do you manage that? How are you managing your time? How do you keep all the plates in the air? All that kind of thing. And then three is growth and scale. Then once you've covered those, that's when you're looking at scaling. So we Amen. see it all the time. Like people are like, how do I automate this and automate that? And it's like, okay, well, like first first things first. Are, are you making money? And and that's, what you have is it worth automating? Yes. Like, do you have it down that it needs automated? I mean, I am all about a canned email, like all the all the praise hands for canned emails. But do you even are you like you said, are you even there yet? Really? If you're not making any money, square one. I think that is something 
That is really backwards in our industry, especially at the host agency level when they're training, is that they're teaching, they're like supplier, 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 supplier. Of course, because it's a money game. That's where they're getting money. That's where they're going to need money. And at the end of the day, most of us, if you're a good salesperson, you could sell anything, right? We've all heard that kind of saying where like that girl could sell anything, that man could sell anything, whether it's cars, houses, or travel. Mm-hmm. You know, you if you're a good salesperson, you're never going to have problems. It's not a matter of of the yeah. destination. You probably have some basic destination knowledge to even walk in and decide you wanted to be an advisor anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's not the hard part. But the funny thing that we see is that all these people, and I, I'm not trying to pick on the new people, but it's just we've already discussed this earlier that you know, the way we're seeing it with suppliers, you know, going under and stuff like that, they're not closing sales. So the, the real focus should be on how do I close sales? How do I build client trust? And how do I figure out that step? And those steps will also bring you to the automation step. Once you have a process in place, then you automate it. Then you say, this is working. I'm closing sales. Okay. Now I'm ready for automation. And the supplier and destination training will come as it comes, um, I'm getting ready, or I have a, a girl starting as an IC, and the first thing I'm doing, and guys, I'll be very honest, I have a written, like I've put down on paper, like a schedule, but I have no intentions of, I have no idea if we'll stick to it or not. I'm not being married to it in any way. I'm going to ebb and flow as I feel like I know her needs. And obviously, I'm not at a scale where I'm bringing in a new advisor a day, like a traditional host agency. So, but to me, that means they have no excuses. They have dedicated staff to do it. Um, Yeah. But anyways, our first thing is that she's going to sit on calls with me. She's just going to sit on calls, be be copied in on emails. That is literally all we're going to do because she just needs to learn what what do I say? What is the what are people saying? What are clients saying? Um, so I think that's a really good list. Focus on money. How are you going? You could know everything you want to know about. I'm just, Katie. I'm just throwing you under the bus about Ireland. But at the end of the day, if yeah. you can't sell it, right. you're just another well, travel blogger. Yeah. And the other thing too is, um, we'll just even take another angle on that. Like even if you. Let's using Ireland as an example. If you know everything there is to know and you can write a, a perfect itinerary, that's great. Do you also have the relationships and net rate contracts to make that actually mm. profitable for you Amen. to spend the time doing that? Because if you're just making like the standard 10% of booking direct, it's probably not honestly worth your time. And I think that's another thing that where, where people are kind of missing the mark a little bit is, uh, you got to leverage your time to make more money. That's that's the name of the game. That's why um, that that to me is why the supplier advisor relationship is so important because we can focus on destination and advisors can focus on the client and closing closing those sales. Um, and that is the skill that's gonna serve you the longest and make put the most money in your pocket. And another thing too is even with supplier um, trainings, you have to also understand like and again i think these are good i'm not saying don't do them absolutely do them um i'm just right saying, that's true we're not we're not yeah, not, saying yeah. that. not doing that like i just, just prioritize your, properly yeah prioritize your time but because also i mean at the end of the day supplier training is still marketing they're hoping that they're training you to sell their product um so you know you choose choose where you focus and i think 
at the end of the day, sales, 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 client management, client management, client management. That's where it's at. And pay attention to where you do feel like you're struggling. What is it? Write it, you know, however your brain works, write it down, put it in notes on your phone, whatever, so that you can go to your affiliation, host, donor, what, et cetera, um, and say, here's where I feel like I'm failing. Where can you help support me in this? And if they're not meeting the mark, guys, peace. You know, yeah. find, go, and then actually that gives you better information to go and ask the right questions to somebody else and say, hey, can you support me in this, this, and this? And I want to be very clear. I know we've said it on another podcast. There is no magic button. This all takes yeah. time. We don't think that this all happens. You know, Katie and I know, uh, you know, we have that experience where we're like, we know it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long time. So these are just, like Katie always likes to say, it's a long, it's a long game. And um yeah. You know, if you're in it to for the long haul, if you want to be around, you know, these are the things you want to notice so that you can improve. And right. um, well, this get is better what's at gonna, it. Yeah, it's not only not only just get better. Like I want you to succeed because at the end of the day, if you've if you're coming in and two three two three years in, you aren't you know making any money. You're probably you not. Gonna, yeah, you're not going to stay stick around. And um, I I do find it. I think there's a little bit of a, a backwards approach right now in a lot of the marketing out there for, for people to join into the industry. And there's such a huge focus on, um, yeah, you can get started and build your own business and build your own brand. And I get the appeal of that. That's really, really appealing. Be Basically, be your own boss and build your own branding. And it can get super exciting and flashy to have a beautiful Ooh, logo flashy. and a website and, yeah, all, all the things. But those things but will come. It doesn't mean just because come. you enter one yeah. way doesn't mean you can't ever have those yeah. we, you and I didn't have those always, for the first no, how many years of our careers right and the thing is, is those, it's also way more popular are, I will admit now than it was it's, when it's we were so much more popular so but we know that there's a lot of peer pressure always available those things are always available to you yeah they've um, been around for centuries so it's not going anywhere anytime soon um you made me think of something I was gonna say that we had talked about oh, shit Sorry, friends. Oh, God, don't have kids. Just uh, eat your brain. It's on it. But selling, I mean, that is, that was what I learned right away. I was doing literally anything asked of me in the office. So that was kind of learning the basics of the business. But I mean, even up until I left, guys, and I was there, what, four or five years at my last job, and I was remote for the last year but so even years into micro like at, at a stage where i was like leading the ireland sales there i was the main ireland person in the office at my old job i was still like n all the time i'd be in my boss's office we'd have someone on speakerphone and i'd have to do like do these calls and get critiqued and that's how you learn that is how you learn. It's practice, 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 sell, sell, sell. And at the end of the day, even if you love, if you love planning trips, that's fantastic. But if you're not selling trips, you have a very time consuming hobby on your hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's not fun. That's not fun for that's anybody. Fun. But we, you know, I guess to wrap it up, we, we want you around. We just, you know, I know the industry is confusing and I apologize for that. I don't know why it was set up that way. I wish I had an answer for you, but 
uh, obviously Katie and I are trying to do a job to, to educate you and educate everybody so that we can go forward and it's much simpler. And when you're, you know, four or five years in and you're looking around and you're like, why, you know, why are things like this, that you're part of this conversation and you're asking for change and you're asking your host agencies to vet people coming in, uh, so that they're not just taking in every Tom, Dick and Mary and, and bringing us all down. So yeah, we're in it, we're in it, we're in it for the good fight. In it for the good fight. In it for the good fight. All right. I think that's, that pretty well covers Again, sorry, we had technical issues and now we're, we're apologizing, obviously, if if it sounds weird when we like the you're like, man, that was a bad sp- yeah. like pickup, but we yeah. apologize. It happens. It is what it is, guys. We're not podcast experts. We focus on selling <laughs> travel. <laughs> That's still our priority. Unbeknownst the the to some people. <laughs> yeah. We do Google. We Google how to do everything uh, for a podcast because clearly yep. this is not yep. our expertise. Anyway. All right. Well, we hope you guys have a good rest of your day and you know where to reach us on, on the gram. Yeah, at Travel Pro Theory, we're always open to podcast episode suggestions. So we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out. All right. Bye. See ya. Paid and learn.